was at this, I was at these, um, I was at these, uh, I don't want to really say where I was at, but there was a presentation, and the presentation was about uh, very lofty concepts of the void and all like this, yes? And because we're not having a sense-felt thing of that, what we get is concepts about it, yeah? And, and so you, that sense-felt thing isn't there. You're not sensing the presence. You don't, and it's just an idea. And then it gets conceptualized, and then you believe you know it, yeah? And in this way, though, we're going to question a simple fact because we're going to have an experience. We're not, it's not conceptual. You're going to see what produces the sense of self. You're going to see it. Yeah? You're going to see how it gets reinforced, how it gets um, remembered, and all like that. There's no concept about what you're not. Yeah? There's a lot of concepts about what you are on both levels, but you know what I mean? So you have these concepts of the true, authentic self the voidness or the awareness or the love. Yeah, but you're not sensing and feeling that much, so it's conceptualized quite a lot. Here, we're not doing any of that. We're not just we're not telling you what you're not. We're gonna find out if you are that. Yeah. We're gonna find out if you are that. If you're if you are not that, what you're gonna find out is what you are. And you won't have any extra baggage about all the concepts about what you are, because you won't, you wouldn't have been paying much attention to all those "I am the all truthful love whatever." You're just looking at Jesus. I'm not that, yeah. And then that's that. And then you're now relegated to finding out about what you are, which is the only way it can go. You can't know what you are, yeah. Because that would be an experience that something other than what you are would have to have. Yeah, and you're not that. Yeah. What happens is you find out about what you are by living. Yeah. By living. And so this way, looking up at what you're not, yeah, and seeing how it's produced and reinforced, there's not much concept getting built there. But to entertain all these ideas which are only conceptualized about what you truly are, to me, just becomes extra luggage you're going to have to give up. Yeah? Because you're going you're gonna to have this whole idea that you know that, which isn't going to put you in a position of finding out about it. This is why this is so clean, in a sense. So, because when you see what you're not, that's that. Yeah? Now, that's sort of... Now, the, the most pertinent question is going to answer itself... And then you're going to find out about the solution as it downloads. Yeah? As you sense the loss of influence from the problem, the solution will dawn on you. Yeah? But to look for the solution as the problem is a big freaking problem. Yeah? To hear the message, you're a lion, is only going to be interpreted to I can become like a lion if you have sheep ears. Yeah? So what's the most important thing is see what this established reference point is concerning you and then finding out if that's so. If it isn't so, you're released from that bondage of self. Yeah? You're released from it. So the way is, is to look. So, hey, how are you? All's well? Hi, no, no problem. No problem.
So in this way, if you look, so if the message is, I'm a lion, I'm a lion, I'm a lion, and you've listened to a lot of music, you've heard this before, I'm a lion, I'm a lion. A lot of people, that produces a sense felt feeling, yeah? They get a sort of an aha or something like that. Yet, when the message is coming, I'm a lion, I'm, I'm, I'm a lion, I'm a lion, it hits these ears, and these ears are structured to take themselves to be a sheep, yeah? In other words, you have an identification in place already. It's, in other words, when the ball's thrown, you have, you have a mitt already to catch it. You have like a false mitt. So it'll be you that's hearing the message. And that ain't the message. Yeah. It'll be you. So here's the message. I'm a lion, I'm a lion, I'm a lion. And let's say that you is like an identification as a sheep. As soon as it hits that sheep ear, it gets translated to, I can become like a lion. That's not the message. Yeah? The message is, I'm a lion, I'm a lion, I'm a lion. Yeah, yeah, I really like that sound. Bing! I can become like a lion. That's not the message. The point is, is to see what's the reference point, and to see if you are that reference point. In this example, the reference point is being a sheep. Yeah? There's an identification as a sheep that the lion is forgotten. Yeah. So we are a lion in, a, in this example, but the lion has taken itself to be a sheep. And even when it hears that, that it's a lion, it hears that it's a lion as a sheep, yeah? which prevents it from getting the message that it's a lion. Yeah? And it gets translated. So here's, here's the lion, and then here's the message about being a lion. But the lion is in identification as a sheep, yeah? So here's the message coming. I'm a lion, I'm a lion. Some of the lioness in you goes, yeah, 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 yeah. But what catches the ball is the sheep, yeah? Now this makes it, I can become like a lion. This is the big dilemma. Yeah? Because as soon as the, that message is neutered by the, by the claiming of the sheephood, the sheep goes, I, I heard that message. I can become like a lion. Now the sheep is going to attempt to become like a lion. While all along it is a lion. Yeah? So it's going to have to practice roaring. It's going to have to get its hair straightened to get a mane going. It's going to have to have lessons with other people and maybe get big pictures of old lions and venerate them and go, I really want to be like that. You are like that already. But there's an identification seemingly in place. It's not so. That's the solution. It's seemingly. It's appearing true or false to the lion. So, in a sense, it, the idea of being a sheep at this point in the identification, it's appearing to be true to the lion. So the lion, in a sense, taking that to be true, forgets its nature. And every time it hears about its nature, from the sheep's point of view, it gets neutered into, I can become like a lion which just gets turned into doing and having and trying to attempt to arrive at a being, yeah, by doing and having, yeah? So here's the being already in place. I'm a sheep. I'm going to do and have myself into being coming like a lion. You see the pointlessness of it? Because all that attempting to become like a lion is denying the basic fact that you are a lion. That's the whole point of it. It will, it will seek for itself for lifetimes. It's the perfect perfect activity to hide what it is by looking for it. That's what it does. It's got the greatest strategy of all. I'm going to look for myself. (laughs) 
and because I'm taking myself as an other, I'm never going to find it. <laughs> it saves you a whole lot of freaking time, you see. Don't start looking for the lion. Question the sheep. Yes? If you're not that, what happens? You may just roar immediately. You won't have to take roaring lessons. Yeah? You can take down the pictures of the lion. You'll be the living lion. You don't have to re be reminded of it. You'll be living it. Yeah? To me, this is freedom. Freedom from the bondage to the idea of being a sheep. Not freedom as a lion. Because the freedom as a lion here is based on the bondage to the sheep. Yeah? If the bondage to the sheep is in place, there won't be freedom as the lion. Yeah? There won't be. You'll be trying to be free as the sheep. And you may have an idea that, oh, the lion is deep. If I can just be like a lion, I'll be free as a sheep. That's slavery, because you never will be free as the sheep. You're not a sheep. Yeah? Something has been forgotten by our identification as what we're not. And that is what we are. I've seen it. That's what happens. Yeah. So I was at this... So listen, if someone starts sharing about the ultimate void, you know, the, the everlasting, infinite realm of bliss, and this and that, if you're hearing it from the sheep's point of view, you're going to be laden with a lot of concepts about that. And now, right behind that, you think that's where you're going to find the real lionhood. Yeah? But all the while, you'll be, you'll be approaching it with this. There is no approach. You're actually moving away from what you are, which is the lion. But you'll be believing you're approaching lionhood as the sheep. That's the slavery. And every time, the bar will be moved a little farther. <laughs> You'll have experiences, I'm getting close, I'm getting close. It's like a sadistic person at an Easter hunt where they hide the eggs and they play that thing warm and cold. So the kids are looking at each other, you're getting warmer, you're getting warmer. Oh, you're cold, you know? <laughs> That's what happens. Suddenly, some more bars are set up, and more hurdles, and so on. And all the while, what's being promoted is this. Seeking, 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 seeking. With the hopes of finding. But you want to find what you are with what you're not. You want to have an experience of your own absence. It's not going to happen. Yeah. The freedom is to see, hey... What I found is there is no long-lasting, independent, separate entity. There just isn't. What happens is, when we were babies, there was no sense of self. And then we grew into it. They say around the 18-month mark, the, the brain gets uh, developed enough where it starts entertaining this idea of being a separate entity. Yes? And sort of some research says it coincides with the language center. So you can see how language is constantly supporting that we're a body, yeah? If, because the whole thought system thinks of us as a body. That's the only way it can think about us, because you can't say, oh, I, that space five years ago is so different than the space that's happening now, because it isn't. It's the same space. But a body 
Yeah? And an action figure can be in a peculiar situation that it's not in now, a different condition emotionally, physically, and mentally than it's not now. And even a spiritual condition is made up because it is spirit, but it's about its spiritual condition. So the thought system pictures us as a body. Yeah? Check it out. And the thought system, its value isn't in this moment, it's in past and future. What's your thoughts? Yeah? Every one of your thoughts is drenched in time, and they're usually either pointing this way or that way. They're never really pointing here, because they're, they're being, they're active, their activity is happening here. So the pointing is this way and that way. Yeah? So for, for the sense of self, which is a feeling, yeah? it's like a thought wrapped in a feeling, a sense of self. You know, like when you take an action, you feel like you did it, yeah? When a thought is seen or heard, there's a sense that you're the thinker of it. You believe this is organic and natural. It's a product. It's a product. It's a production. It's reinforced. You weren't in that condition earlier in your life, and now you seem to be in it, yeah? So here, that sense of being Paul, that isn't, cannot possibly be so, can only reach the level of seemingly being so. And the word seemingly is really important because it means it appears to be true or false to us. Yeah. Not true or false to anything else but us. We're the giver of every we're the giver of meaning to everything. This is what's happening, yeah. It's trippy. So now the thought system thinks about me in the past, and because it's me, because there's an identification, because if someone comes over your house and talks about them in the past. You're bored in about five minutes, aren't you? But you've been listening to this for 30, 40 years because it's about you. That's his, that's his little honeypot, yeah? It's the identification is that. So if it's about you, the thoughts have enough oomph, interest, and attention to sort of catapult themselves from here into a mythical past that's not happening. And what occurs is the thoughts coagulate around you in the situation that's being thought about. And what happens is the sense of self, the sense of Paul, is remembered. Yeah? You remember, that happened to me. But where does the feeling of Paul, of the me that it happened to occur? Now. Yeah? So the remembrance of the past is only to remember the sense of you now. And it's doing the same thing with future. It's picturing you in the future, and let's say in dire situations like with cancer or destitute or whatever, you know, your girlfriend sleeping with someone else next year and stuff like that. And so, <laughs> there you are, there, and the thoughts, the attention and interest, follow the thoughts, this is about you. And the thought, it's like a whipping, you know, an agitation gets produced, and then there's a feeling, you don't remember Paul in the future, but you remember Paul right now. That's its whole agenda. So it uses time, both past and future, to remember self. Yeah. So when I'm thinking about me there, the logic is, I was there, I will be there, therefore I am here. Yeah. It's all constructed. It's reinforced. It's fortified. And the only thing you can thrive under is your interest and attention. And that's freely given to it because it's about you. <laughs> It would totally be released if it was about someone else. But because it's about you, you're enthralled. Like in Buddhism, they say it's the cherishing of self. Yeah? You're enthralled with all the trouble you have been in or you're going to be in. <laughs> so if you see, the, if you see this, you know, and the, there's nothing that can stop you from seeing it. You, you have that quality. If you see... 
that let's take this. This is here. Here you go. Today I'm in good shape. If I don't get too close to this. Today I'm in good shape. This isn't a problem. Yeah. Tomorrow I'm not in good shape. It's a problem. The next day I'm in pretty good shape. It's not a problem. All right. So what is it? Is it a problem or isn't it a problem? It's neither, really, yeah? I give it all the meaning it has. Based on what? Its condition? No, on my condition. Yeah? Nothing is based on its condition. All those its are based on your condition. <laughs> That's how you see things. You don't see things as they are. You see the things as you are. <laughs> this is quite freeing, I'm telling you. Because this, the sense of being you and powerless is just, it's like, it's like a petri dish that grows victimhood. Yes? Victimhood. Where all you can do is blame and rationalize and have excuses about things because you don't seem to have any power. Yeah? But so here, in recovery they say false evidence appears real for the acronym for fear. One of the acronyms. So Obviously false evidence can't be real but it, false evidence can appear real. What allows it, what allows false evidence to appear real? You and I, yeah? Obviously, where else is it getting its reality from? It can only get its reality from what is real. Not who's looking. That's made up. But what's looking is what's so. Yeah? So, what's looking, which is the only reality there is, can lend its reality to things. Yes? So, false evidence, like a thing being a solid, uh, having its own cause and effect, which is false evidence, will appear to be real. Yeah? Not because it has that ability, but because the reality lends the reality to it. Yeah? Through this ignorant identification, we lend the reality to these things here, like the Course in Miracles describes it perfectly. You and I are the dreaming of this dream. Yeah. It says the dreamer, but I like dreaming better because it's an activity. You and I are the dreaming of this dream. We forgot that we're dreaming this place. And in that forgetfulness, we give it, we've given everything we've dreamt the power to affect us. Yeah. It's a beautiful statement. It can save you a lot of time. You and I are the dreaming of this dream. Yeah. In other words, this dream is the re- what's real giving meaning to things that aren't real. And then those things that aren't real can seem to be real to what's real. Yeah? They can't seem to be real on their own. They have to be witnessed by reality to seem to be real. Because they need the reality to be lent to them. Because they have no reality because they're false. Yeah? Just like in Buddhism they call emptiness. Everything is empty of any inherent quality. But we give it the inherent quality that we are. Yeah? Which is the reality. Not by who's looking. That's the vehicle of the meaning being given. But what's looking? What's looking is what we're looking for. The, how what's looking forgets itself is by becoming identified with who's looking, and then through the who's looking, it gives meaning to things. Yeah? And now things appear to be real to this thing, and therefore the reality lends itself to this reality, and now we're in the mix. Yeah? Now we're in the fucking dance. And I, like Jesus says, we're in this world, but not of it. But most of us have forgotten the upness, and we're just in this world. <laughs> and what happens if you're in this world for a while? You want to get out of it. <laughs> if the world is a 
Alcoholism, you want to fucking escape. If the world is stressful, you want to get relief. Yeah? If da da da, if you're in it, you're probably going to want to get out of it somewhat. <laughs> but the solution is you're not of it. Yes? That's the only solution that's worth its salt. Is you're not of it. So, in that sense of not being of it, you realize you could never have been in what you think you're in, therefore there's no need to try to get out of it, and that's being out of it. The out of it precedes the being in, not comes after the being in. This does not work. I'm in something, I'm really in something, I want to get out of it. No. The out precedes the in, not comes after the in. Yeah? It's not like, oh, I've been in this, and now I finally succeeded to get out of it, only to be thrown back in it again. Yeah? It doesn't work. It precedes the, the uh, in. Yeah? The out is prior to the in. You can rest there, and then you realize you've never been in it, and that's the experience of being out of it. Yeah? It's sort of like you realize the problem is imaginary, and that's the solution. And so if the problem is imaginary, what is there to do with it? Absolutely nothing, yeah? And what happens to the solution at that point? That gets thrown away too, because you're the living solution. You're the one that's been giving meaning to everything. Nothing has given anything the meaning but through you, yeah? What is that that's looking right now? Is it this individual person that's been put upon today, who's been fucked with, who's this and that, who's concerned about da 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 It can appear to be so, but what's giving that a reality when it doesn't seem to have any reality of its own? It must be reality. And I would say that's what's looking, is reality. Then why the fuck are you trying to find it? If you stop trying to find it, you'll find out that's what's so, by realizing what's not so. Yeah, It's sort of like with, when it happens with me, it's like, let's say you're in self-centeredness, everyone is, in the sense, yeah? it's a format of the mental condition of self-centeredness. So in self-centeredness, you've got a little aperture, you think this is as far as it goes, yeah? It's like the aperture's locked in, and so life isn't seen as happening, it seems as happening to you. <laughs> Everything pertains to you. <laughs> so let's say this is the case. So you would say, oh, it would be great if I had a, an experience. You never really want to have a state of it because that would be too much. But I'd like to have an experience of the aperture opening up. But if the ap- when the aperture opens up, it goes like this. It doesn't go like this. It goes like this. So what was seen, right, what was taken to be behind the camera is now seen to be in front of the camera. This, yeah? We've been looking out of here. We think this is the this is square zero, right here. But square zero isn't here. This is like square three. The, when the aperture goes back to its natural setting, it, it goes past square three, sees the processes that produce square three, which is two and one, and then it goes and it hits square zero and there's nowhere else to go. Because that's infinite, yeah? But while it does that, you that were seemingly behind the camera doing, I'm doing everything, I'm thinking, I'm feeling everything, everything like this, <laughs> suddenly you find that you're seen to be in front of the camera. <laughs> it's a rude awakening because you thought you were the end all and be all, and you're not even being at all. <laughs> 
Freedom not based on any form of being released from a bondage, but prior to the bondage. You just see the bondage is freaking impossible. That's the freedom from it. It's not finding a way to get out of it. It's realizing you were never in it. That's the only way out. I'm telling, I don't know. Maybe you know other ways, but that's the way it hit me. Yeah? What happens then? Find out. Yeah? Now, over time, so time is a very, it's like a river that's moving very slowly. If you're sitting in front of it for a couple of years, you start realizing something. Hey, I'm traveling lighter over the course of all these different events. It's not changing the events, but I'm traveling lighter over it all. And you know what? That's a pretty damn good solution, yeah? And what happened with me, all the drive to seek escape got dismissed because I realized I was never in where I thought I was in. Yeah, it was my false assumption that I was really in something that drove me to try so hard to get out. And I found that was a bigger form of being in than ever. Because now you have hope thinking you're moving away, but you're moving as that away. <laughs> self can't get out of self. <laughs> self cannot get out of self. Self is never going to trans-self. Transcend it. It's not going to happen. The whole point is realizing you're not in, you've never been in self. That's the experience of being out of self. And that stabilizes, yeah. And now your mind doesn't play that game anymore. Just like when I was a kid. I remember a lot of stuff when I was a little kid. More, more like a feeling a lot. But I do remember when I'd be playing, I wasn't in any abusive family or anything. When I'd be playing, that's all I was doing because my mind hadn't set up time yet where next week became more important than what I was doing. What I was doing was much more important and I had no idea of next week. So I wasn't worried. Will I be playing next week? You know, because I didn't have any next week. Now, if that was possible, I probably could have produced anxiety out of nothing like we do all day. But it wasn't available, so I was here because I had an entertainer I could be anywhere else. Yeah? And while being here, I wasn't looking for meditation retreats or, or mantras or anything at three or four years old. Because I wasn't having all the slings and arrows I got to have later. Yeah. Now, we, we say, oh, well, you have adult responsibilities. I'll tell you, an adult has the capability and the ability to have wonder and awe in life just like a kid does. Yeah. Joy, unbidden joy, peace of mind, all of that's available now just as it was available then, seemingly then. Yeah. It's not even so there was a then, but let's make the story sound good. Yeah. yeah. What's causing us not to be able to access what we were so freely accessing when we were young? A mental process called selfing. That's what happens. It generated and generated and generated. The mind got hooked on it, and now it's addicted to this idea of being a self. It's like an addict. Yeah. To me, it's the original addiction. That's why you can get a relief from alcoholism, but certain things will still persist because they're more rooted in the original addiction, like being a doer. Yeah. Even though you see, like... I was completely powerless when I was loaded, but there's still, the mind's still harvesting a lot of guilt and shame based on those behaviors that occurred while you were loaded. If you really got powerlessness, there would be freedom from that guilt and shame, because you would realize, man, it was like dancing with a gorilla. I was going to stop when it wanted to stop. Yeah? In other words, I was powerless. That's what the meaning says. Powerless. Why wouldn't that have been able... That, for me, it initiated, when I saw it clearly, a lot of relief from the guilt and shame from those events that occurred when I was loaded. Yeah. 
I was left off, I was let off my own hook. When I got this with a disease, it was incredible. When I, any, any aspect that brought about it wasn't about me, brought huge relief. In recovery, when I got that it was a disease, I was let off a huge hook, yeah? When I was caught with basically my pants down, some lady I owed money to showed up, and then she says, Paul, you owe me $500 and stuff. That would have usually just evoked a huge amount of fear to run out of there or start, you know, rationalizing. But because I got that it was a disease, I said, hey, I would have done it to anybody unless you could have physically stopped me. That's why, that's why I took your 500 bucks. Yeah. There was no, you know, how did that, how was that so cleared up? Because my mind got what was offered when they told me it was disease and that you were powerless when you're under alcohol and drugs. My mind got it, yeah. I was freed from that slavery, at least in that one area. This is what happens. Like we just, I was at a meeting last night and the topic was from this thing called, as Bill sees it, one of the co-founders, it's freedom through acceptance, you know? And it's beautiful, because when I hear that topic, it's not a topic to me. It initiates a lot of intimacy, because I have seen what just bare-bone acceptance has produced in my life. And you could say freedom, uh, freedom uh, through acceptance, and you can also say acceptance through freedom. It happens both ways, yeah? Acceptance is usually, to me, is a byproduct of, of a recognition that you're not of this place. Then you can start accepting this place. If I if I take this to be me, it's going to be an urban renewal project for the rest of my life. My body is doing the best it's done in 25 years because the mental mother hen finally got off the egg. It's not using this to be identified as. <laughs> and the body is just fucking hallelujah. You know what I mean? It was like, whoo! To be the center of the universe, it's this poor object is way too much fucking work. You're never going to be good looking enough. You're never going to be this. You're never going to be that, man. It's for if it's if it's you, it's a big fucking burden on the body. <laughs> it was like it's had a it's just had this giant sigh of relief for the last years. That fucking mother hen just got off finally. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> So in this way, you see what you're not, yeah? And how do you take yourself to be that? Well, the first movement of selfing is to claim. So look at some of the basic faculties going on in the body. And the brain is part of the body. Let's use thinking, yeah? Now, thinking has been totally co-opted and is used to facilitate the bondage of self. How does it do that? Because if there's a thought in her head, Deb's head, you know, and it may be driving her crazy. As long as I see it as her thought, yeah, I'm immune to it, yeah? But the same thought, if it's held up here as my thought, it has the ability to create a lot of damage, yeah? It's not the thought, obviously. It's the thinker of it, yeah? So we're not looking at thoughts. We're just looking at, are you actually the thinker of these thoughts? I think that's a pretty big leap, you know? You can't even digest your food. You, can't, you don't pump your heart. You're not coursing the blood through your veins, yeah? Yet, you believe that you're the thinker of a much subtle process called thoughts. <laughs> it's a big leap, you know what I mean? <laughs> what would happen if you were the thinker of your thoughts? Find out. Because you'll start to realize what's causing the heaviness. Just like in alcoholism. When I came into AA, I was in terminal uniqueness, extreme terminal uniqueness. 
I didn't think anyone understood me or could understand me. No one felt the way I feel. No one thought the way I did. No one did the heinous things that I had done. And after a few months of listening to people and sharing their thoughts, their feelings, and their reactions, I could only come to two conclusions. How did they get my thoughts, or they're not my thoughts? <laughs> you know what I mean? That was an incredible leap. Because I got a damn huge amount of relief from actually start calling certain thoughts alcoholic. Yeah? I got a distance from them. Because the, mind, the bondage isn't thoughts. Yeah? The thoughts are used to facilitate the bondage. The bondage is being the thinker. Yeah? The mind. The mind is the activity of, that's the glue. The thoughts are used to apply the glue onto the mind all day. But the thoughts have no ability to make this gluing seemingly so. It's the mind, through the mind, through the identification as, yes? In other words, your ability as reality has been co-opted to make something that's not so seem so. That's what's going on all day. How could something seem so, so real unless it was, seen, it was being seen by reality? Where is it getting its reality? How can this seem so, so real one day and not real at all the next day? Yeah. I would say it's based on this. So the reality lends this reality or it doesn't lend this reality. Simple as that. If it doesn't lend this reality, I bet you it's lending reality to reality. Yeah. And that's, the, that's when you finally made the right bet on the roulette table, the roulette wheel. You finally put it on 35 black, and it was 35 black. You're now giving this ability of making things real to reality. And now you're going to find out what it's like to make real what is real. Yeah? Find out. Now you'll be able to enjoy peace of mind, which was impossible when you were making everything real out here. Impossible. There's no way you can enjoy peace of mind because out here you're, you're constrained by time and even if peace of mind is available, you'll have thoughts will it be available tomorrow. That's not peace. But in reality, there is no time, so when peace is available, you're available. You now enjoy peace of mind. It doesn't mean the peace of mind is available. What's important is are you able to enjoy it? Well, if I'm up the ass of self, I'm not going to be able to enjoy it. If I'm giving reality to reality, I'll be enjoying it. Let's say you had a bad day three days ago. I had someone I work with, he made up a huge story that was going to be the demise of his marriage, and after four days of just total turmoil in his own head, he realized nothing was going on. It was totally made up. Exactly. But it seemed so real. Those four days, yeah? How, what did it seem real to? It must have seemed real to real. Reality must have thought it to be so, to make it seem so. What else? Where, where is it getting the reality? How can it, how can it lay such a heavy hand on us unless we're giving it the reality of being able to lay a heavy hand? You can take, you can take an example of a most extreme heinous act. Let's say, uh, so a child gets raped, yeah? And now you have 20 people have gone through that experience. Their experience of that terrible, terrible event 
may be totally different, every one of them, yeah? Some people may use it and get super strong and help other people. Others may use it as an excuse to get loaded the rest of life, never have a relationship. Where is that meaning coming from? From the event or from the one who was supposedly in the event? I would say the one who is in the event has the biggest influence of any event that they're in. Just like in physics they say, the biggest influence of any experiment is the observer of it. Yeah, us. <laughs> and now you feel it in the room, the presence, yeah? The only, the presence that's always available while you're absent. If you're up the ass of self, it will seem not to be so. To what so, yeah? When it pops out of the ass of self, it will seem to be so, to what so, and therefore, it is so, yeah? Cool. And then rest there. If it's available and obvious, rest. If it doesn't seem to be obvious, ask who it doesn't seem to be obvious to. <laughs> if you're not that, it probably will be obvious again. <laughs> and I'm telling you, you're not that. <laughs> Everything can only reach the level of seemingly so here. It cannot become so. You are what so. Yeah? Nothing else is going to become so. It can only seem to be so to you as what's so. That's it. That's the highest level it can reach. The dreaming will never become the dreamer. Yeah? The dreaming will never become the dreamer. No matter how much reality it gives it, it's still not going to be the dreamer. Yeah? Just check your head out. How powerful you must be if you can think about something that's not happening and produce an effect now. Can't we? I can think about something bad's going to happen to me next week, and where will that feeling occur? Not next week, but now. Yeah. Who's bringing that about? It can't be next week, because it's not happening, can it? Who's bringing, who's, who's harvesting that crop? It's not the ground of next week. It's not there. <laughs> That's why we can, we can evoke the physiological effects of fear by mental anxiety. That's how much power we have. We can think about something that's not happening and actually produce a feeling as if it is happening. What could do that? What could do that? If something's not happening, that's its quality. It's not happening. How could it suddenly evoke an effect? Unless the cause of all causes took it to be so. <laughs> How else? Where does it get its power to affect us? From us. Just like this, the little statement said. We're the dreaming of this dream. We forget that we're dreaming it. And through the forgetfulness, we've given, we've given everything, everything we dreamt the power to affect us. It explains it beautifully. Yeah. Can use the past or future, it doesn't matter. 
Because all the effects are going to happen now. They're not going to happen in the past or future. <laughs> the effects of thinking about the past or future and believing, and believing them produces an effect now. What could bring that about? The only thing that could bring that about is what brings all things about, which is what's so. Not who's so, but what's so. Like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. Yeah? What's looking is what you are looking for. That's where the confusion lies. When what's looking turns into seemingly a you, it starts looking for itself. Can't find it, yeah? If the you drops out, what's looking is looking for. You see it every moment. Yeah. What's looking is what you are looking for. The only reason why the you is looking for that is it's preempted the what's looking with the you. Yeah. Now the what's looking becomes an object to the you. Now the you is taking the role of being subject and looking for that object with the hopes it would give it an advantage. When that's the only subject is what's looking. Yeah. The you is an object. This is an object here. Yeah. Everyone in this room sees me as you, as a you, just like I see everyone in this room as a you. Yeah. What happens? The thought system claims to be this you and then crowns it as a special you with this crown of me, yeah? which immediately now produces an imaginary separation from all these other yous. Yeah? Though every one of you are seeing me as a you, you never see me as a me, ever. Yeah? So if I took a vote, I would be a you to everyone here. <laughs> yeah? But I have a little denial of that. I say, oh, I'm sorry to beg to differ, but this is me. This is me. This is the crown of all crowns. Me. I've taken this measly you and elevated it to a very high level. Me. And in that point, that's the playing of God. Yeah? I remember when I went into this program for two years, Delancey Street. They did not once see me as a me. They saw me as a you, and it was, and, and they ran my life better than I ever did. Because <laughs> they were very clear what this you was, which was a junkie. <laughs> now, in my little realm of me, I thought I was a very special person that may have dabbled with needles or something. But I'm not really a junkie like everyone else. Yet, I was. Yeah. <laughs> and they applied the right solution to the you, and I was in denial because it's me. Yeah, that's it, baby. <laughs> I beg to differ. I'm not a you like you. I'm a me. Very distinctly different. Very special. Incredible. Unique is unbelievable. Just want to get better and better and more unique and more special. It's an addiction. It's the mind's addiction, the first addiction. Why do you think you got loaded for it? You wanted to get out of self. Yeah. I felt uncomfortable in my skin. I was dying to get some relief. I found it through beer. Yeah? And the beer wasn't enough quickly thereafter. I found it through drugs. Hallucinogens and stuff weren't enough. I had to start doing coke. Shooting, I was smoking coke and snorting coke wasn't enough. I started shooting coke. Just on and on and on and on and on and on. Yeah? And I've never seen any addiction ever lead to satiation. Lead to what? Satiation or satisfaction. There's not one point where I did a one shot of Coke and I said, thank you, Coke. I'm done. I, re I reached Coke Nirvana. It's going to stabilize and you serve me well. No. 
Because the point is, you're trying to get relief from the original addiction. It doesn't matter how many shots of coke, you're never going to get radical relief. Because this has taken itself to be the one who's shooting the coke. Yeah? And if you stop taking the coke, it'll be the one that says it's the one who's not taking the coke anymore. It's constantly going to claim this event as being the one who's in it. Yeah? That's where the dilemma is. And I can confidently say so because by seeing it, I got relief. Relief that I never got before out here. From any drug I ever did, any spiritual path I ever did, any meditation retreat I ever did, 20 time massages in a row didn't produce this relief. This relief was the rock was finally put down because you're the fucking rock. Yeah? Now when you're identified as self, you put down a lot of rocks, but the biggest rock of all, you'll be fucking carrying and calling it you. Yeah? We're all, we get all busy about what rocks we need to hold on to and what rocks we need to put down. But that's just a disguise of the big rock, you. The identification as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. And you don't even have to put it down. Just you got to realize you never put it up. Or, you know, picked it up. To put it down will only lead to picking it up again. But if you never picked it up, that's that. You see? Clear. Finished. Before it starts. You prior, you have relief prior to it, not after it. Prior, not after. After this, when you get relief from something now, you're probably going to believe this is real, and then you're going to lose the relief. And on and on and on, like a slinky. Yeah? But if your relief is prior to it, you know, the best way to get out of something is realize you were never in it. That's the way, that's the best way. Yeah? But I seem to be in it, exactly. It feels real, exactly. None of those things need to be denied. That's what's happening. Reality's going to make a damn fucking good movie. If it wants to, yeah? So it's going to seem as real as real can be. But it cannot be real. It's, it's limited that because it's not the reality, it can't be the reality. Yeah? It can only seem to be real. That's its limit. It's never going to reach the point where it transcends that limitation and be real. There is only one reality, and we, you and I are that. Yeah. I'm getting a message from the chair. Squeak, squeak, squeak. Yeah, so that's that for tonight. We could go on, but it would be like beating a dead horse. This is an invitation. You got, you know, you've been served a spiritual subpoena. Tonight, find out what happens. Yeah, you'll get in there. I have total confidence in it. I have total confidence in you, actually, because you are the mind. And all you need to do is hear it. All I needed was this possibility. As soon as I heard this possibility, I was in the way of life called recovery. And when I heard this possibility, I entertained it, and it actually, in a way, became to be so. I saw that I was not that. Yeah. All that which is being inferred as me, that's being implied, that's being assumed, all those pointing, there's nothing they're pointing at. All it is is pointing. The mind makes the leap into what's being pointed at. The mind becomes identified as what it's not. This cannot produce it. All it can do is infer, imply, assume. Listen to the language. We use this example a lot. because I went on a tour... A while ago, and I, had, I hadn't cut my hair. My hair was longer. So people were coming up to me going, Oh, you're growing your hair, Paul. And I was going, Not actually. I'm just not cutting my hair. 
And then I was thinking, yeah, maybe I, you know, I take two hours a week and I grow my hair, you know, and I, I joined a growing hair club and we see how we're doing and stuff like that. It sounds funny, but the fact is, the language was implying that I had something to do with something I had nothing to do with. It's doing that quite a lot. The language is the transcender. We're putting ourselves to fucking sleep all day. All thoughts are held in language, and then we're yapping about it. And there's always, you're always assumed to be, assumed to be the doer, the thinker, the feeler, the haver. And everyone else implies you're that, yes? And we're on and on. It's like being with a hypnotist all day, in here and outside. Not just here. That wouldn't probably hold. But we have everywhere else. Every fucking person, in a way, is delivering the same hypnotic trance. <laughs> the thing is, something like that to seem to be so has to be applied so much because it isn't so. What is so needs no application because it is so. What isn't so has to, it has to seem to be so so often. Like the mental process, the interpretive system, the thought system is constantly trying to glue the mind to this idea of being a self. Yeah? It's like water and oil. It doesn't, it doesn't glue, but it's applied so much, you don't see the pause, yeah? You don't see that it's not taking. It just goes like this, like if you watch a helicopter, uh, uh, what is that called? The blade. The blade, and it's going so fast, after a while it's just one thing. You don't even see the movement. That's what it's like, yeah? And then it's, like, it's almost like an object appears. But all it is is movement. The object only appears to you which is, you are the subject. You're the only subject here. So then suddenly, it's going like this, and then the subject says, oh, that's so. Yeah? Bing! This is a bing! And there goes the story. That's where it starts, finishes, ends, on and on and on and on and on. Yet it's not happening. That's the good news. So there is a solution. This is like my 14th, 13th talk in 13 days. Whew. It's like a drug run, but I can't get arrested for it. Being pulled over. And I'm as high as hell, you know, and no one can. Hey, do you have anything? No, nothing. Where did you get it? I don't know. Nowhere. Can I have some? You're, you're it. You're the problem. <laughs> This is an introductory offer. You're the product. <laughs> the product we're talking about is you. <laughs> right now. Hopefully you'll go out of here with nothing, and that nothing's going to become everything to you, man. That's what happens. Yeah. Is that it? Any questions? No? and the scene, and you forget that you're talking. Yeah. And I knew I was in the right spot. Yeah. Get out of here for a moment. Well, if you have the opportunity to go there, then do it. But after a while, it's going to get established, yeah? And see, like in recovery, it says when they, when you do the third step. I don't know if you're in recovery, are you? Oh, yeah, then you'll get it. The third step is to uh, turn one's will life over to care of a higher power. And they say, well, if you're sincerely, if you, if you sincerely do that, it starts, it says what's going to happen to you. You're going to have a new employer being all-powerful, uh, and it, uh, he'll take care of you. That's the deal. And the only two requirements is 
stay close to it, which you can't be far from everywhere. <laughs> so, so, so that's not a requirement. And then performance works well, which is service. Yeah. So if you do service, this and that, you can have a humble expectation you're going to be taken care of because that's the deal. Yeah. Then, after a while, it tells some other qualities. Then it goes, when you're established in that third step, yeah. now a quantum leap of effects start occurring. You now start feeling this new power flow in, Yes, you can face life successfully. You sense the conscious presence of that thing. You're reborn. Yeah, this is what happens. First, all you need is a little willingness. Like in the Course in Miracles, they have a statement for the moment called the Holy Instant. Yeah, each instant is the Holy Instant. This is the eternal moment, and it says the biggest impediment for someone entertaining the Holy Instant is their belief that they don't deserve it. And in that belief, they want to prepare themselves for something they can't prepare themselves for. All that's needed is a little willingness, yeah? And it will be matched by a huge amount of willingness. So just a little bit of willingness on our part starts opening the whole process up, yeah? It gets matched like tenfold, yeah? You cannot prepare for any. You cannot prepare for what you are. You are already that, yes? This isn't about processes. It's not about doing and having yourself into a state of being. All you're going to do and have yourself into is a mental state. Yeah? This is about realizing beingness is complete in and of itself. It's not in a process of completion. It's not trying to culminate or reach a crescendo. The most it's probably doing is expressing. It's not trying to achieve itself. It already is complete. Yeah? In that completion, there is no time and no processes. Yeah? Processes are of time. This is not of time. Yeah? It's complete already. It doesn't need any time to finish the job. It's complete. Yeah? That is what we are. What happens so now, let's say if that's so, the same formulas there, doing and having, but now the doing and having are an expression of that, not a way to try to achieve it. Yeah? Exactly, with no thought or effort on your part, things will happen. Because you'll be here, you'll be sitting in what you thought was going to be a, a goal that you're going to arrive at. You'll be, a, you'll be there. All arrivals and departures will start at the same point. That means your trips will be much shorter, and you won't, you won't even need a carry-on. <laughs> and you can't get lost unless you're going somewhere. <laughs> beautiful a day is when you're not going anywhere? It's fucking awesome. When you're using it as a stepping stone to a bigger and better day, to me that's a form of slavery. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. Yeah? And AA produces a huge result just with a simple idea of day at a time. It's changed a lot of people's lives, yeah? Because you can see how much our interest and attention is just strewn on this time landscape of there and then, you know? Constantly soon, and when we're in the moment, we can't seem to call it back. So what you're truly missing in your own life is you, really. What you truly are isn't coming to the table. Because we believe that we're somewhere that could be far from the table. It's already here, but we don't think so. Yeah? And all our attention and interest is wedded and beholden to old ideas and future concerns. Yeah? That's why you feel a little lack in your day. You're missing yourself. I mean, what you truly are. It's not meaning it's gone, but you're missing it. Yeah. That's what happened to me in the fifth step, and the ninth step. 
just more of what I am return to this life. Yeah. Instead of being a storage unit, like the windows were open and the, the, the store, the building was empty and the wind was blowing through it. It was circulating there. And I could feel it. I felt an aliveness and a largeness I hadn't felt in a long, long time. Yeah. But when you're dead here, when you're identified as a self and you're devoted to the thought system, you're basically a storage unit for all the concerns about there and then. This moment, instead of an open vessel, you're already packed full. You're not receiving fucking anything except the same old, same old again. But when you're when you realize you're inherently empty, then things move through you. Yeah. Like people talk about the whole God hole, you know, and they keep trying to put stuff in there. If you stop putting shit in there, it's a portal. Something wants to come out through it. It's not a fucking hole. That's from our faulty point of view. It's a portal. That power is going to come through. The water is going to move through the hose if you're willing to play the hose. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And the water has no intention of cleaning the hose, but it does just because of its qualities. Yeah? The water was moved through, and this, all your action figurehood will get cleaned. You'll run better. Mm-hmm. Yeah? That's so, it. That's it. That's it. That's right. Yeah. Done. Okay. No more questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.